Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 113 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is your host, Chris Tripodi, and as always, I'm joined here by Tony Pauline, as we are once again below the bleachers here at Lad People Stadium in Mobile, Alabama, at the 2020 Reese's Senior Bowl. Practices today switched up the order. The South went first yesterday, the North went first today, and it's good news to report that it is slightly warmer than it was yesterday. I was not wearing my winter coat for the entire practice like I was on Tuesday. Yeah, slightly warmer. The wind died down, uh, and we saw a few more. Uh, the pads were popping a little bit, uh, a little bit more today as uh, they really started to install their offense and defense that they're going to run. And we saw more seven on sevens, a little bit longer full scrimmage. In fact, uh, I think the coaches were so happy with the way the uh, practice went, they actually cut it uh, 20 minutes shorter than what was uh, scheduled. Yeah, I remember uh, whenever we had a good practice back in the day, the coaches would certainly cut it short. They'd make you go longer if it wasn't. So I think they liked what they saw today, and we got a lot of good information to present to you as well. And we'll start, as always, at the quarterback position. Another good day for Jordan Love, really showing off his arm, putting balls in tight windows, making good decisions. Another inconsistent day, however, from Shea Patterson and, to a lesser extent, Anthony Gordon. Tony, what did you see from the signal callers? Yeah, I mean, you can see Jordan Love's getting more and more comfortable with the receivers. Not just the accuracy, but the timing. The receivers are not waiting for the ball coming out of breaks. The pass is right there. He's throwing a catchable ball. One thing I liked, especially when they went on the 7-7s, seven he wasn't just dumping it down to the safe underneath outlet. He was getting the ball out to the sidelines and down the field. Really another, a stronger practice for Jordan Love on, uh, today on Wednesday than yesterday, and he played well yesterday. I don't think that uh, Shea Patterson was inconsistent. I just think he was poor today. I mean, he was throwing the ball all over the place. He was missing open receivers. He made one outstanding pass down the field to Antonio Gandy-Golden, who actually dropped the ball. It's probably the only drop that we'll see from Gandy-Golden this week. But besides that, he was all over the place with his throws. Anthony Gordon was very inconsistent. He made a few nice throws, but he just seems to be hesitating and waiting before he delivers his passes. And again, he's making wide open receivers work hard to come away with reception rather than hitting them in stride, which Jordan Love has done with regularity here at senior bowl practices. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Patterson there, and he just wasn't on the same page with his receivers. You mentioned Jordan Love improving that chemistry. Shea Patterson's seemed to go downhill throwing balls 10 yards down the field when the receiver kept going, throwing it deep when the receiver cut his route short. So really not a good day there. Looking at the running backs here, the big winner from the North squad yesterday was Josh Kelly. We also have Jermichael Hasty and Darius Anderson here again today as well. A lot of quickness at the running back position for the North squad. Tony, what did you see in the backfield? Yeah, I think Josh Kelly kind of came down to earth a little bit as a ball carrier, but he was still outstanding catching the ball out of the backfield as a pass catcher. He runs crisp routes, and none of the linebackers or even the safeties here have been able to stay with Kelly out of his routes, and he's a good pass catcher. He doesn't body catch. He extends his hands and snatches the ball away from his frame. Jermichael Hasty also looked good as a uh, decent as a ball carrier and solid as a pass catcher. Again, he's got great quickness, great footwork, plays with balance and body control, just a, a terrific burst of speed. Darius Anderson really didn't do too much as a uh, 
as a pass catcher. Ran, ran well with the ball. Also didn't do a bad job as a blocker for a smaller back. Uh, moving to the tight ends, it was another outstanding day for Adam Troutman of Dayton. He caught the ball very well, really stood out as a blocker in scrimmage, and that's something that Troutman wanted to prove. He said so coming into the week to prove that he's a complete tight end and he could be used as a blocker on the big-time level, not just a, as a pass catcher. So his blocking was good. His pass catching was also good. I was really impressed with his route running, the speed that he's able to come out of routes with and separate from opponents. And again, he's just a natural pass catcher. He's a guy who extends his hands and snatches the ball away from his frame with, with regularity. I thought it was a slightly better day for Bryson Hopkins of Purdue. Very athletic guy. Gives effort blocking. He's got to get a little bit stronger. But he caught the ball a little bit better today. He was more on balance, consistently extending, extending his hands and making the uh, reception away from his frame. Slightly better day for Sean McKean, but I don't think he's got that much upside. He caught the ball a little bit better. You know, here's the funny thing. We talked about how poorly Shea Patterson uh, played, and on a number of occasions, I know, Chris, we both saw where Shea Patterson was missing McKean when McKean was wide open and had a chance to uh, catch the ball. Charlie Tem Tamapo of uh, Portland State really just, just did nothing outstanding. Uh, a guy like that from Portland State has got to stand out and distinguish himself. I don't think that Tamapo has done it at all. Now moving to the wide receivers here, unlike Charlie Tamapo, there were players that stood out today. Obviously a big winner from yesterday was James Prochet, sorry, out of SMU. A couple guys that really looked good today were Denzel Mims and also K.J. Hill. And K.J. Hill did it as a receiver, he did it as a blocker, and he did it as a returner as well. Tony, what else did you see from the wideouts? Yeah, I would agree with you about... Uh I would agree with you about Denzel Mims as well as uh, Antino, as well as KJ Hill. KJ Hill ran really good routes. He got separation, caught the ball exceptionally well, and really, as you said, did a terrific job as a blocker, especially in, in blocking drills. Really stood out. I thought Denzel Mims was nothing short of fantastic today. He's a big receiver. He's a fast athlete. He runs solid routes. Uses his hands to separate from defenders. Quickly gets in the breaks. Stays low on exit. Really, at times, opponents were reduced to just holding on to him, holding his, uh, his jersey for dear life, and Mims was still making the reception. Really stood out today. I think he was the best receiver on the field this morning. Uh, I think he's a guy that if he has good workouts, you're going to watch him skyrocket up draft boards because he's a bigger receiver who's also a pass catcher who looks like he has some speed. It was up and up until that drop uh, in the deep field by Antonio Gandy Golden of Liberty. He had been having two good days of practice. He's run solid routes. He catches the ball very well. Did a good job in uh, blocking drills. But it's that one big drop down the field that's really going to stick out to people. I think James Roche came a little bit back down to earth today, but still. Really good route runner who catches the ball well, as I said yesterday. The problem with Crochet is he just doesn't have speed. He doesn't have a deep burst. He's not a guy that's gonna really going to help you in the vertical game. Now we'll move on to the offensive lineman here. The big winner from today, yesterday it was Matt Hennessy on the north side. Today, I would say it was Ben Bredesen. Really held up well, kept Jason Strobridge out of the backfield, which is really something over the first two days of practice that not many offensive linemen have been able to do. There was one point where they were doing two-on-two -two drills where Bredesen, I forget who he was teamed up with, but that person lost their block. Bredesen has one arm on each guy, and he's holding them at bay for an extra second or two. That's the kind of thing that is going to give a quarterback just a little bit more time to make a throw and could possibly lead to a big play. So a really nice day from Ben Bredesen. Another decent day from Matt Hennessy. He started a little bit slowly, wasn't as good in drills and one-on-ones, but 
when he came to team drills, he was very powerful. Pancake Darian Daniels on one play. Did a nice job moving Devon Hamilton off of his spot. So it was a solid day for Matt Hennessy. I thought Colton McKivitz looked good as well. Gets a little bit too deep in his set off the edge. Understands that he's not a great athlete and sometimes overcompensates for it. Might be better on the right side as a result, but really showed excellent awareness when they were working stunts and twists where a lot of the other linemen were struggling. And the last guy I want to quickly mention here is Hakeem Adenogy out of Kansas. Really strong hands once he gets engaged with opponents. Really controls them well. Another guy who stalemated Jason Strobridge once or twice, which, again, has not been a common occurrence here. He does get too high at times, but you can still see the strength when he does. If he could block with more leverage, then he would be a real big winner, and his technique could use a lot of work. Tony, do you see anything else on the offensive line? I'll agree. Well, I, I thought, number one, Jonah Jackson of uh, Ohio State by way of Rush Rutgers showed up a lot of good things today. Not a guy who's going to cover a lot of area, not a lineman you're going to use in a zone blocking scheme, but he's strong, he's stout at the point, he squares into opponents, and he takes them from the action. I thought it was a better day for Justin Heron, which, and it really, Justin Heron had, uh, the only way Justin Heron could go was up after yesterday's performance, which was not good. But still, Justin Heron, he's a terrific athlete, he's very fluid on his feet, he's able to pull across the line of scrimmage and get some separation in front of his running back. He's very good on the second level, shows the ability to redirect the linebackers, had some really nice blocks today. Absolutely agree with you about Colton McKivitz, a guy who, he's not the greatest athlete, he's not the prettiest blocker, but he just consistently gets the job done with outstanding positioning. Agree with you on Matt Hennessy, there was one play where Matt Hennessy took Devon Hamilton of Ohio State completely from the action, just cleared open the uh, running lanes, which I believe was Darius Anderson, took off uh, after that. And Ben Bredesen, again, more of a small area guy, but just tough, stout, and very intelligent. Keeps his head on a swivel, sees what's going on, and is always looking for someone to hit. Now we'll move to the defensive side of the ball in just a moment here. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsor. Support for the draft analysts comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawn Mower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Thank God for that. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant, and moisturizer. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code BLEAV. And you know, Chris, Manscaped should, should consider coming to the Senior Bowl and opening up a kiosk. I'm sure they get a good amount of business there. And if they do that, I want a portion of the profits. Absolutely. I mean, as we know, down here in Mobile, it is probably about 85% male, so if you want to come to the right clientele, that would be what you want to do here, Manscaped. Now we'll move here to the defensive side of the ball. We'll start with the defensive lineman, and a guy that a lot of people were very excited to see coming into this week was Kenny Willickis out of Michigan State, and he had quite a good day. Really showed a lot of ability as both a power rusher and showed some moves as well, really combines bull rushes and spin moves to get penetration, made a big tackle for loss in box drills where he got a lot of lauding from the coaches and his teammates. He beat Colton McKivitz to the edge a couple of times and really just found himself around the ball a lot. So I thought it was a very good day for Kenny Willickis. Darian Daniels, 
very, very quick for a man his size on the interior. Makes a lot of plays, gets off the line. Again, he had that one bad rep where he got uh, taken care of by Matt Hennessy, who's also had a good week, but I thought Darian Daniels played well. Neville Gallimore is a guy that very quick, again, for his size, similar to Daniels in that sense. Good feet, better up the field than moving laterally, but a definite definitely a good player in that situation. Jason Strobridge, another good day. I mean, his movement ability, we were watching him go through agilities on the bags. I mean, he moves like a linebacker or a safety. For a guy his size, it's just really impressive. Rapid fire with his hands. He had a couple pass breakups at the line of scrimmage as well. Really did a nice job keeping his head up as a rusher, and when he couldn't get to the quarterback, made sure he could make a play on the ball. Those are the winners, I'd say, from the defensive line today. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I was very impressed with Strobridge. As I said on Twitter, he just looks insanely athletic. I met him last night, spoke with him a little bit in the Players' Hotel. He's a guy, he's got to get off blocks. He's more of a three-technique guy because he's under 270 pounds. But if he's given any free space, he is forcing the action. As you said, he blocked a couple of passes today on, on in successive series uh, during scrimmage. He's also a guy that can run and chase down the, uh, the defender with the uh, ball carrier in the open field. I agree with you. I thought Neville Gallimore showed a lot of good things today. I thought it was a solid day by Alton Robinson of uh, Syracuse as well as Trayvon Hill of Miami. Two undersized edge rushers who I think will be used out of a three-point stance as well as standing up over tackle. So it was different players on the defensive line who showed a variety of skill during the second day of practice. Yeah, Trayvon Hill was doing very nice work off the edge, really showing off his athleticism to get there. And Alton Robinson, out of Syracuse, he was wearing all orange today. So you saw the creamsicle a lot of times, really making plays. That helped him stand out a little bit. But again, he had a good day and stood out on his own, regardless of the garb he was wearing. Moving on to the linebackers here. And we love saying this because he's a guy we talked to over the summer. Really good guy. And that's Josh Uche. He had an unbelievable day. I mean, the flexibility, the dip, the speed he shows around the edge is so impressive. He's quick off the ball, really acquitting himself well in space here, which was a major question for him since he is going to have to stand up in a three-point, or out of a three-point stance, rather, at the NFL level. He showed a quick inside move, too, understands that guys are going to protect the edge against him, and he will make them pay if they do that. I thought it was a good day for Malik Harrison as well. Did a nice job working through the trash to get outside, to make plays on the ball. Showed the athleticism to stay with tight ends. Quickly picked up running backs in the flat. Again, he's a good athlete. You'd like to see him excel in coverage drills, and he did just that. Two guys, unfortunately, who did not do that were Zach Bond and Evan Weaver. Bond really gets flat-footed in coverage. He even got pancaked by Jonah Jackson, I think it was at one point, at the second level. Really isn't picking up running backs and tight ends as quickly as he needs to. And he's also not able to stay with them with that speed. So it was a rough day for Zach Vaughn, who again is looking strictly like a downhill player and no, nothing but a designated pass rusher at the next level. Evan Weaver, we mentioned with the running backs, there's a lot of quickness in this running back group and Evan Weaver just struggled with it. He really couldn't stay with them laterally. He was caught in between a couple times between tight ends and running backs in coverage on levels routes. So he needs to work a lot on that coverage, but he's a guy who will be aggressive downhill. He'll take, take on blocks and shed them, but he's looking a lot like a two-down player right now. Tony, your thoughts? Yeah, I will agree with you on Josh Uche. I mean, he had a complete day, not just as a pass rusher up the field, but also moving in reverse. And I would highly recommend anybody listening, 
go back and listen to our interview that we did in Uchi, I believe that was in July. Really an intelligent guy, a well thought out out player who's got his priorities in order. So it's good to see him doing really well here. I thought Francis Bernard showed some good things today. Got beat a couple times uh, in coverage uh, during drill segment, but I thought overall he made good plays, especially in the full scrimmage. Breaks down well, showed a lot of ability uh, against the run. Uh, and I thought it was a positive day for Bernard. I agree with you. Zach Vaughn was getting annihilated again today. He showed some things as a pass rusher, but that's not his game. I mean, if you go back and read what I wrote during the season, he was kind of out of place at 3-4 outside linebacker in Wisconsin, and he's supposed to be a space linebacker, someone who can cover, and he was just getting hammered day after day, uh, down after down, snap after snap, not just today, but as well as yesterday. You know, it was also a difficult day for Kalike Hudson. Uh, he uh, oftentimes was getting beaten space, and that was the question about Kalike Hudson. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? And there were concerns about his ability and coverage. I kind of shied away from that because scouts thought that he would be a liability in coverage, and so far scouts were right because he's not showed well when the ball's in the air here. Now, Kaliki Hudson was a nice transition here as we go to our last positional group, and that's the secondary. We did have a new player on hand. That was Javaris Davis, the cornerback out of Auburn, probably the replacement for Ashton Davis, who was medically flagged the safety out of Cal. Hasn't been able to practice this week, but he is here. A couple of guys that we were watching today, early on, Jeremy Chin looked very good. He's smooth very smooth for his size. He showed the ability to high point the ball in drills. He showed some very good ball skills. So I thought it was a pretty good day for Jeremy Chin. And I thought uh, Javaris Davis played pretty well as well. Uh, Made a nice play in coverage, did a couple nice things, acquitted himself well on his first day, which for guys who come in and they miss the first couple days, they're really behind the eight ball. So to see him come in and make an immediate impact is very nice to see. Tony, what else did you find from the secondary? Yeah, and it's it's a good story with Davis because if you read uh, my postscript notes from the Shrine game, Davis was actually invited to the Shrine game and then he was red flagged because he was not put in concussion protocol by Auburn after suffering a concussion during Auburn's bowl game against Minnesota. So it was really sort of the school's fault that uh, Davis didn't get his opportunity last week. So came here a day late, senior bowl practices was a late fill-in, and so far he's shown shown really well. You know, I, I think, like yesterday, most of the defensive backs here on the north have really struggled. No one has really stood out. Sang Bassey has looked awful. I, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Sang Bassey has been terrible. Troy Pride has really struggled. All the Notre Dame uh, uh, defensive backs have, have struggled for the most part. El- Jalen Elliott showed some good things at times, but overall, none of the, these defensive backs from the south, um, I'm sorry, from the north, have really uh, distinguished themselves. And that's it for episode number 113 of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer for you, especially here. We're live at the Senior Bowl. Take advantage of that and make sure to get us questions in so that we can help you out and find out what you want to know about some of these prospects here. We'll be back later Wednesday afternoon after the South practices to go over what we've seen from day two on the South side. But until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.